again. Uh, that's the show. Okay, well, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Donald Trump had a bad hair week. Uh, Actually, you could say Donald Trump's hair had a bad Donald Trump week. Yeah. <laughs> say both. He's, uh, he's, he's having his 19th nervous breakdown, I think. Uh, it's interesting, by the way, as I don't usually, and this will probably be the first and last time I ever talk about this on Gray Matters, but uh, how interesting to read that Donald Trump lost his PGA golf tournament to Mexico City. <laughs> I actually think that's kind of funny. Uh, I'm sure uh, the Mexicans uh, do, too. <laughs> And, uh, of course, the officials of the PGA uh, World Golf Championships uh, that held uh, and own the so-called tournament announced basically on Wednesday, because uh, this is d dated from the sports section of the New York Times uh, on Thursday, that uh, it was moving... And ending its 54-year-old relationship with Doral, which Trump bought in 2012 and spent $250 million renovating because it could not find a sponsor to replace Cadillac, whose contract ran out this year. So we may finally be getting some evidence of Donald Trump's business uh, holdings beginning to... Uh, shall we say, uh, suffer the effects of all of his outrageous statements. Well, um, certainly. Corporations, of course, do support these kinds of events, mm -hmm. and corporations don't like controversy, and they don't like being associated with somebody like the Donald. Well, which makes it all the more amusing to see 
the Republican elite gently backpedaling themselves away from the bed that they jumped into uh, just a week or so ago out of pure self-interest and convenience. Um, <laughs> the accusations of, you know, uh, over the, this judge, uh, of course, yeah. is what we're talking about. And uh, let's look at the week overall. I mean, the veterans controversy on Tuesday, the day after Memorial Day, the judge comments, uh, Trump University documents uh, being released to the public showing how many lawsuits are pending with officials staying sane. Uh, in court, that it was a giant scam. Well, and watching like Mitch McConnell and Newt Gingrich deflect the question: Is Donald Trump's statement that this American judge, who happens to have Mexican ancestry, is not capable of being an impartial judge simply because of his ethnic heritage? McConnell, Gingrich, all these knuckleheads were asked: Is this racism? Which of course, it patently is. Um, right. Uh, and they would only say, I do not agree with the statement. I, I really think he should retract that statement. I regret he made that statement. Sure. But none of them would say what it is, which is clear to everybody else. Um, so they've already touched the tar baby, in my opinion. Well, and the Newt, stink is on them. Newt Gingrich, of course, is rumored to be on the short list of Donald Trump's VP, which I'm still laughing about. I consideration, mean, but I mean, he—that's a short list. It's a short list, and <laughs> he is the uh, big boy there's, model. There's for no the big, the big boy statue, you know? right? Bob's big boy. There's no gain to adding Newt Gingrich to your. Uh, ticket nobody likes him he was a very unsuccessful and unpopular i mean all he did was uh, make a lot of noise well he's consistent with trump then they would maybe be like sort of uh, competing banjos there who can the kid from deliverance that's the vp candidate there you go where is he now him and ned Beatty. Might be on the short list, too. Yeah. He's a short guy. Uh, always loved him in, uh, as Lex Luthor. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Trump just had a bad week, I think. And I don't know whether it's the stress or... It, to me, it, it's almost like it's becoming quite obvious, and I've actually believed this for quite some time, that he really has a personality disorder regarding attention. Mm. If he doesn't get it, he creates it. And He'll do whatever it takes to regain the light. So it almost seems like some of his outrageous comments, and of course he ended the week by suggesting even elliptically that, uh, that a Muslim uh, judge would possibly be biased, but uh, I don't know that any, there are any Muslim judges hearing any of Donald Trump's lawsuits. Um, it's it's just sort of a strange uh, way to speculatively talk about a problem that has already made you look pretty bad. You're being denounced by constitutional scholars. Uh, this, by the way, is uh, definitely one of the hallmarks of the Nazis. They did take over the judiciary pretty, pretty quickly. 
uh, when they came. In fact, into power. If, if you remember the great film Judgment at Nuremberg, uh, the Burt Lancaster character as a judge bears the greatest of you know Spencer Tracy as the the judge hearing the Nuremberg trials. You're the one on whom the responsibility lies. You're a judge, for God's sake. Well, and the other thing, too, is that in the American system of jurisprudence, judges rarely decide cases. Now, they make rulings on admissibility of evidence. Mm -hmm. uh, they hear objections. They're there to see that everyone gets the fair hearing. They're sort of like the officials in basketball. Exactly. And, of course, uh, I've had some problems with the biased officiating in the NBA Finals so far. We won't talk about that, but you can appeal uh, defeats based on improper or erroneous rulings by judge based, based on mm -hmm. law. Uh, the idea that you would create a kind of an identity situation regarding judges, either uh, race or identity, in which defendants and plaintiffs and criminal defendants or whoever can pick and choose what judge they want. There's plenty of judge shopping that goes on in, in American jurisprudence. It's certainly not uh, the perfect system that we're taught in uh, eighth grade civics. It's not blind lady justice by any means. But Donald Trump just suggesting all of this is sort of an excuse for why he's being sued on pretty obvious uh, examples of fraud <laughs> that are connected to the infamous Trump University where you apparently paid uh, four-digit figures to get a seminar on how to make money using other people's money. <laughs> I mean, it's got you know chumps written all over it. Yeah. And it's part of this whole problem, I might add, that Congress has been very uh, gingerly dealing with, and that's the these private universities, mm -hmm. these for-profit universities that basically manufacture uh, certificates. It's sort of the big boy version of the charter school, really, where it's a business model that doesn't really care that much about the uh, integrity of the material being presented. Uh, the uh, professional backgrounds of those employed by the uh, institution. At the end of the day, it's a for-profit enterprise. Uh, schools, like governments, can't be run on the business model because there is no product, really, in place. It's the service that's provided. Uh, and, of course, the great thing about public education is everybody is supposed to get equal treatment, an equal shot. Um, well, my kid deserves more than an equal shot, so I'm going to send him to a private school. You have that right. Uh, but the way that Republican uh, governors uh, across the country have favored the charter school model um, is just another example of this. It's more about business than actual learning. Yeah, and, and obviously the private for-profit universities are on their face just outrageously scandalous to begin with and it's it's amazing that uh when you look at the graduation rates the worthless certificates that you get at the end of the day that these people are allowed to use uh the federal uh, pell grant system to finance these yep. phony degrees is part of one of the reasons why college uh debt the college debt crisis is is uh 
keeping the recovery slow as they speak. Somewhat interesting, a couple of weeks ago, there was a report about the fact that the millennials or the younger version of the millennials live at home at the highest rate since 1880. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's astonishing uh, information about America. Now, there are all kinds of reasons for this uh, living at home. Some people are genuinely burdened with student loans, and obviously, in many instances, this is a temporary situation. But when you have 30 to 35 percent of uh, younger people living at home uh, for economic reasons, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, in fact, talked about this uh, as part of the problem many years, uh, several years ago, following the Great Recession, why there was sluggish growth in the United States, that there was really a problem of household formation uh, going on, that this Mm -hmm. contributed to part of the slowness in the housing uh, sector. This, of course, is recovering ever so slowly here and there. In fact, the last couple of years, it's been pretty robust. But we had a recent jobs uh, report that was somewhat weak. The big news on that, of course, was that uh, the markets uh, speculated that Janet Yellen, chairman of the Federal Reserve, will not raise interest rates uh, in a couple of weeks. The markets liked that news. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, the uh, debates about economics uh, continue Every day, uh, what kind of a recovery are we in? Is America really becoming a different kind of society for all kinds of reasons connected to technology? Uh, is work itself changing? Uh, these are some of the issues that I think have been somewhat ignored by the uh, presidential candidates and the debate questioners in, in the debates that, of course, are pretty much over at this point because... The big enchilada, California, is tomorrow, and <clears throat> after tomorrow, we only have the District of Columbia voting. So this uh, nominating process is winding down, as they say. Uh, Hillary Clinton, just for the record, won a couple of contests over the weekend, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, <laughs> uh, part of the American tradition of imperialism. Puerto Ricans, by the way, are allowed to emigrate to the United States. No questions asked. Uh, Long-time debate about Puerto Rico's status as a a Commonwealth uh, situation. And, of course, Puerto Rico has been in the news themselves uh, recently because of the $72 billion debate uh, regarding the bailout of Puerto Rico's uh, finances. They are essentially bankrupt and need money from Congress to deal with their uh, fiscal situation. Donald Trump, uh, of course, made other news earlier in the week with his uh, chicanery regarding the veterans' situation. The media began asking, I think, legitimate questions about uh, Donald Trump's claims that he had raised a bunch of money for veterans' charity organizations. Most of his statements proved to be inoperative, to use a phrase from Watergate. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump had to pony up a million dollars at the last second himself to make it look like he got kind of close to that $6 million figure. 
Uh, just to give you some perspective on these numbers, by the way, uh, I think it's great and fine that $6 million was raised for these charity, charitable organizations. Uh, hopefully they were properly vetted here and there. That will probably remain another question of media investigation. Laughs just waiting to happen. Well, Donald Trump... Uh, Probably didn't do as effective a job as he might uh, have claimed in that press conference. But, of course, he attacked the media. He attacked individuals in the media. Um, well, he's not even listening to those who are giving him advice yeah. and telling him what to do. You're so. not playing nice with me. <laughs> I mean, talk about a, a crybaby. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's the descent of man. Well, it, it is. I mean, and, and let's face it, I mean, that really is his bullying persona i mean everybody knows psychologically what makes the bully tick right. it's insecurity it's inferiority it's you know having perceived or received actual bullying from others yourself so it's it's lashing back it's uh it's basic child psychology yeah and psychoanalyzing donald trump would be a fascinating experience i'm sure um or finding the Donald Trump diaries. <laughs> Who knows? His inner child has two angry fists of oatmeal pounding away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll just chair. give him a brain damage award for his entire week. It uh, started on Tuesday, and it continues to this day. Uh, maybe he's upset about the fact that he only got 60% of the Republican vote in Oregon. A couple weeks ago, wouldn't it be interesting to see him struggle uh, to get 80 or 90 percent in California? Uh, well, for those, you know, Republican Party elites who have, you know, bit their tongues, swallowed their pride and decided, well, I guess we got to throw in with this guy uh, it, all in the name of what's best for the Republican Party. Show a unified front. This laugh is for them. I mean, <laughs> really, because uh, it's going to be so easy for the uh, negative advertisements to uh, be made. Uh, they've already begun. Hillary has something online. It's not a TV ad, but it's clips of McConnell and Gingrich and all these people trying to backtrack from these recent comments. Like, well, I think it's even more pathetic for, for people like, I mean, I understand McConnell. He's just... He's McConnell. He's not going to change. But John McCain, I, I find that somewhat amazing because Donald Trump actually personally attacked McCain. Indeed. And uh, that was his first big splash in insults, by the way. Right. And that was a pretty egregious insult because whatever you think about John McCain politically, he did not choose to become a prisoner of war no he didn't choose he didn't to get shot no he shot didn't down. say i'm gonna get shot down so i can sit out the rest of the war in the comfort and convenience of a vietnamese prison camp or a tiger cage right exactly <laughs> no no one would wish that on their worst enemy but to say as trump did i like people that weren't captured what does that say to all the veterans who have survived right. captivity in war i mean that's just an insanely uh, well, egregious it, comment to It's make. right out of Joseph Stalin, I might add. Joseph Stalin during World War II, and, you know, this is the ruthlessness of Stalin, 
that did have its effectiveness. He gave orders: you're not to be taken prisoner of war. Well, it's the you're old to die with your boots right, on. Right, come back with, carrying your shield or carried on it. Yes, you know, is the only uh, true honor. And uh, by the way, Stalin would not even negotiate for his own son's release. Uh, the German military tried to uh, trade Stalin's son for a general named Paulus, who was the loser at Stalingrad, probably so he could be executed right, so by they the could Nazis. hang him themselves, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, Joseph Stalin's son uh, committed suicide because he knew... <laughs> That he was not going to survive right. going back to the Soviets. And in fact, they did, at the end of World War II, this is no laughing matter, they did execute a number of POWs or sent them to gulags mm. uh, as part of the uh, unbelievable movement of human beings at the end of that horrendous conflict. But uh, to appreciate Donald Trump's ignorance about things, just realize that the fe uh, veteran's budget, by the way, and this is another sore spot with me about how lame the media is talking about real issues. The veteran's budget is, I mean, it's close to $100 billion. $6 million, as commendable as that is, is ain't much. And when you hear about all of the problems, and of course, why has the veterans' budget doubled? Uh, why did it double in, in the, uh, during the tenure of George W. Bush? <laughs> Iraq and Afghanistan uh, are pretty obvious explanations, mm -hmm. as well as the uh, dying World War II veterans. Uh, and of course, uh, as I pointed out last week, Yes, there are problems at veterans' hospitals. Some areas of the country are poorly served and staffed. But uh, here in southeast Michigan, the veterans' hospital here in the city of Ann Arbor is top-notch. Uh, the veterans that I've spoken to claim they get superb health care there. If the doctors at the VA can't take care of their, quote, patients or clients, whatever you want to call them, our veterans, they are treated by U of M doctors, some of the world's specialists in some uh, types of diseases and treatment situations. So let's not uh, believe some of these charges made by Donald Trump that are out on the campaign trail where, of course, he's been disgracefully using veterans as props. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that even in the brouhaha about this uh, fundraising uh, mischief, uh, and I use the word uh, charitably there, that uh, Donald Trump is tr using veterans as a prop in his campaign with the somewhat ridiculous suggestion that uh, he would take care of the veterans better. And and suddenly somehow everybody wants to cozy up to bikers now too. Which oh yes, is kind of amusing as well. But uh, McCain, to go back to him for a second, faces real personal jeopardy uh, in supporting Trump in a state that has such a high Latino and Native you know voter presence. Uh, there's going to be negative coattails for Trump in in some of these regions. 
And well, yeah, Arizona is definitely a toss-up state, and McCain's job is certainly could be on out. the line. Yeah, I mean, he could be out uh, simply for his uh, tacit endorsement of Trump, as grudging as it may be. And of course, at the age of seventy-nine, seventy-nine, you somewhat have to question why McCain is even running for re-election. Right. I mean, uh, Carl Levin uh, retired recently, citing age as part mm-hmm. of the reason. Uh, McCain won't have any problems with financing. He's got a wealthy wife, to say the least. But uh, I don't know that John McCain has <laughs> contributing any more to the public discourse on much of anything. Uh, of course, he was an advocate of going into Syria. Uh, fortunately for the United States, America has kept the uh, Syrian uh, conflict at arm's length. But of course, the consequences of our invasion of Iraq is why Syria is such a mess today while speaking of somebody that actually did something uh, quite sensible as a young man Muhammad Ali uh, probably the most recognizable American in the history of modern media recognizable all over the globe for a variety of reasons I of course have some personal mixed Opinions of Muhammad Ali's career. Uh, There's no question that in the 60s, he probably was the greatest boxer that ever lived. All you need to do is look at his physique in the mid-60s when he knocked out Sonny Liston in the famous one-round fight in Lewiston, Maine, to appreciate how brilliant uh, of an athlete he really was. It was a degree of athleticism that was tempered with aesthetics yeah. i mean uh, it was like a ballet um St- float like a butterfly sting like a yeah. bee and of course uh ali was a showman he came up with these famous rhymes and kind of goofy things that he said on tv uh the obituary in sunday's new york times which i I recommend looking up some of those columns online. If There's you a can. number of different pieces from different perspectives and uh, about different aspects of his life and career. It is a, a well-assembled tribute. There are about tribute. four or five uh, writers, including a couple of their older sports, longtime sports writers like Dave An- Anderson and George Vesey, who have both personal reminiscences as well as cultural commentaries about Muhammad Ali. Uh, of course, the outrage of his uh, being reclassified for the draft um, is part of the interesting story in and of itself. Um, well, even before you come to that, the idea that up until that point in American culture, black entertainers were expected to be polite and stand over there until you're called to the stage. And when they did become uh articulate and uh, share their opinions with the media that was there to, you know, absorb their achievements, as in Paul Robeson's case, uh, they were drummed to the sideline. They were, their careers were ruined in some way. Uh, Ali was one of the, as Cassius Clay still, before he even had his religious conversion, uh, was loud and proud and yeah. funny and articulate and, uh, just wanted to be treated like every other American. There was no, none of that, uh, I'm going to be the quiet Negro uh, anymore. Well, and it's interesting, too, that he got a, a, an absolutely substandard education uh, in Louisville, uh, 
one of the writers noted that he really couldn't read, that he had to memorize his speeches, uh, that he, quote, never read a book in his life. I find that kind of hard to believe. But uh, his reclassification, this, was, by the way, was why he was considered ineligible for the draft. Now, the Correct. Uh, American government has made exceptions throughout its history for exceptional people. Uh, I think it's outrageous that Muhammad Ali was reclassified by the local Louisville board. Apparently, the ownership of Ali had switched hands from them to the Nation of Islam. Right. His management uh, in his career as a professional boxer uh, was being transformed. And so there's a lot of good reason to believe that that's why he was reclassified. But why you would take the heavyweight champion of the world and say, we want you to go to Vietnam and run around in the big muddy. Why? Well, and the fact that he was a man of convictions who decided to say, you know what? Uh, I'm willing to risk everything I've earned. Yes. Uh, All the accolades, uh, all, you know, the wealth that comes with it, because it's against my convictions to go do this. And, And to say what he did about no Viet Cong ever called me. Right, N-word. Yeah. Um, and I, what have I got against them? Right. Kind of. That's an eye-opener yeah. for Americans to say, wow, gee, you know, a, a lot of white Americans began to scratch their head at that point, and even if they weren't against the war, began to realize, boy, that, that actually makes a lot of sense from, you know, a context. Well, and in fact, it's interesting that when you see the brilliant... Um, movie version of All Quiet on the Western Front. That's one of the big themes of of the movie. Why are we fighting you? Right. We're the grunts in this in these trenches. We don't have anything against you people. Why are we do why are we here? Why right. are we doing this? Because a bunch of striped pants uh people in in, in these diplomatic capitals uh are trying to Outmaneuver each other. Outmaneuver each other. There's pride. There's honor, quote unquote, on the line. It's all a lot of hooey. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, when you look at it, now I think World War II is a very different situation. But uh, v- Vietnam, of course, was the first uh, incredible blunder by the United States. And of yeah. course, to quote a famous uh, European diplomat, Vietnam was. Worse than a crime, it was a blunder. Indeed it was. And, you know, his uh, attitude was confirmed correct. I, just, they're the, the famous George Carlin bit on his class clown record where he's like, oh, Muhammad Ali is back, you know, fighting again after three and a half years, uh, by the way, uh, of his prime. Imagine an athlete today giving up three, almost four years of top earning in his physical prime for his personal Religious convictions. Well, and he uh, was stripped of his title. Stripped of his title. Uh, by officials, quote-unquote, yeah. um, while his case was being appealed. Right. It was and a conscientious objector situation and all of went that. Went to the Supreme Court. They finally granted him uh, that status as a CO, and so his career was able to resume. But George Carlin's take on it was, uh, yeah, the, the government's letting him work again. He's got a strange job uh, beating people up. But he's good at it, and it's his right to practice that uh, trade. 
Uh, but the government wouldn't let him do it. They wanted him to change jobs. They wanted him to kill people. Well, and I don't. Nope, I draw the line there. <laughs> right. Was well, and as he put it, I buy a lot of uh, jets Indeed. and bullets. Yeah, that's with, actually in one of the. Yeah. Among my the money they take from me after I win a big fight, I buy a lot of planes and and.